And today's title is called, I've Got Rhythm. Look at the person next to you and say, I've got rhythm. Man, if you don't, don't lie about it. But just look at that person next to you and say, I got rhythm. And we're going to talk about rhythm today. Now, I, I know something about our culture. We love reality shows, and there are so many out there, right? There is Survivor, Amazing Race, Top Chef, Project Runway, Alone, Mass Singer, uh, Professional Wrestling. Sorry, any of you that's that's real. Sorry. Welcome, y'all. Anyway, but the list goes on and on and on. We love reality shows, but for me. I have a certain genre of reality show that I like more than others. I like the dance shows. I do. There's something beautiful about somebody who can move in rhythm to music and do something incredible with their bodies that don't even see human, right? There's ones like, so you think you can dance, keyword think, okay? There's also ones like Dancing with the Stars. Then World of Dance, who just got canceled. And back in the day, for those of you that want to go back on YouTube or, or you want to do on the History Channel, you can look up America's Best Dance Crew, right? A, B, D, C, right? Walk it out. Walk. Some of y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know. Like, what, what's he doing? Seriously, y'all, it's historical fact. Go walk it out and check it out. It's a really cool thing. But back in the day, y'all, there was incredible dancers. They'd have hip-hop and tap and urban and ballet and, and interpreted, which I still don't get, but it's cool to watch. And they have contemporary each of them have giftings, and it's beautiful to watch. Check this out. When a person moves in rhythm, it's the same way in the kingdom of God. When you and I move in the rhythm and the revelation of God's grace and pace, our lives are beautiful. But how many of y'all ever seen a dancer out of rhythm? Mm -hmm. You can have 55 dancers, 54 of them crushing it. You got one over here like he did. He missed the whole cue. You're like, yo, 54 are good. How he make it? Like, where would he come from? Like, why the guy in the back? Because all it takes, it's obvious when someone is out of rhythm. And for our lives, it's the same way. It's obvious when our lives get out of rhythm. Did you know that God designed the whole world to move in and with rhythm? And that includes mine and your daily lives. Let's look at the Bible together today. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 says this. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, the days and the years. Genesis 8:22 says this, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Now God was absolutely intentional with everything about creation and everything he did has a rhythm and a reason to it. Think about this, days and nights, they have rhythm. Seasons, they have rhythm and reason. Your heartbeat, it has a rhythm to it. Runners, they have a rhythm to it. Good music has a rhythm to it. Poetry and rap has a rhythm to it. God's grace is inescapable. His divine love irreplaceable. My life is filled with favorite benefits of my Savior. When I was lost, he raised me from the dead. When my life gets down, he's the lifter of my head. Failure isn't fatal, and my bad days are never final. God works all things for my good. He is my personal revival. Lifting my hands and worship is far from routine. It's my warfare in recognition that God is on the scene. I choose to embrace his ways and walk in his rhythm. He called me, chose me, and helped me, and I in him, him, and forgiven. I'm marked to win because my life has been captured. Soon comes my lift off when I hear the trumpet and the rapture. That is something, it's a gifting of my life in God. I love it, man. Everybody has gifts in this room right now. 
I don't know where yours are at. I don't know what you, maybe you can dance. You can sing. Whatever your gifting is, it's more beautiful when it works in rhythm and reason with the God who designed it. When we work against it, things are not good. God wants us to work in rhythm with him. A healthy and successful life is built on and maintained by living with consistent biblical rhythms. However, everybody say however. If you violate these rhythms, you can hurt your life instead of helping your life. Think about a runner running too fast for his pace. Going to hurt himself. Think about, think about a fish going upstream. He's going to get there, but it's going to be a lot more work. Life is better when we're together in the rhythms of God's pace. Now, everyone has rhythms of life. We just have to make sure that our rhythms are helping us win, right? I have rhythms in my life that have helped my life big. And when I fade on my rhythms, because I do, y'all, I ain't perfect, man, their impact is obvious. Let me tell you what it looks like. My attitude lacks gratitude. Mm, my wife will attest to that one. Anyway, my mind is caught in a bad grind, right? My words, they lack wisdom. My decisions are detrimental. I have to have God's rhythm in my life to live right, and so do you. Can I be very real with you? When your life is out of rhythm, everybody knows it except you sometimes. People are like, you having a bad day? Nah, why you ask? Like, I, I, you know, just out of that weather. I just, it's real. When our lives are out of rhythm, everything else goes with it. God wants your life to be blessed and in rhythm with his plan. Now, I have some personal rhythms that have blessed my life big over the years. One is this right here. I have a rhythm of daily time with God. Y'all, when I wake up in the morning, I have a prayer I've prayed for 20-something years. I pray that God would give me eyes to see the world his way, ears to hear his voice throughout the day, that he would give me a mind to understand what he's speaking, feet to follow his will, and a heart that beats in rhythm with what he wants to do. That is my prayer before my feet hit the floor for 20 years. Because you know what? I know me. And if I do me, I'm not going to do good doing after God. So I need his ways, his eyes, his thoughts, his mind, because mine ain't good. I got to be in rhythm with what God has. I have a rhythm of weekly church. I have a rhythm of a weekly date night with my wife. Now, we got to fight for those sometimes, but it's a priority that we have time together. I have a rhythm with an annual trip with my wife without the kids. Mm, praise God. Anyway, come on. We have a re rhythm of weekly family time. We do something every week together, if at all possible, because it's a priority to me. We have a rhythm of family devotion. Sometimes we use the YouVersion app. Sometimes we dive in the Bible. But every time we do something like this, it's us together going after God. It's part of our rhythm. We have a rhythm of family vacations. We have a rhythm of monthly budgeting, tithing, giving, saving, investing. I have a rhythm of eating fruits and vegetables, and maybe some ice cream anyway. It's, just, it's okay. It's okay, moderation, right? Anyway, and I have a rhythm of working out weekly. Why? Because I'm 44. I'm not getting any younger. I know better than this right here. So if I wait till tomorrow of what I should be doing today, tomorrow never comes. If I want to have the energy and the time and the eye to go after God, I got to take care of today the energy I want to have tomorrow. So we got to be intentional with our rhythms because there's a reason to God's rhythms in our life. God wants us to work that way. Rhythms keep us right. Now, in Exodus chapter 20, God gives his people the Ten Commandments because they were in need of some rules, regulation, and a healthy rhythm in life. Now, the fourth of God's top ten is to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now, I find this interesting that keep the Sabbath fell on the same list as do not kill, do not steal, do not commit adultery, and honoring your parents. 
What makes it even odder is that it actually shows up before all these. Because I think when you get your life out of rhythm and don't have a day to honor, set aside, and refresh, your mind gets in a mess and you do things you would never dream of doing when you're not in alignment with the assignment God has given you in life. The rhythm of resting is just as important as the rhythm of working. Work, 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 work. That's not a sustainable lifestyle. Not sustainable. Not sustainable. I'm on my grind. Well, do you have a day to rest? Because when cars grind, they're getting ready to die. You got to have that rest. You got to have that day to unplug. Resting right guards godly rhythm and it guides our daily decisions. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 and 3 says this. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating he had done. God modeled the rhythm of rest for us. Check this out. Six days, he worked, right? He went at it, made it happen, created, did all this cool stuff. On the seventh day, he rested. Exodus chapter 20, verse 11 says this. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and he made it holy. When in God established the Sabbath day, he put a blessing on taking a break. There is a blessing on taking a break. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a blessing on the break. There is. There's a blessing on the break. Now, how many of you today, you want God's favor and his blessing on your life this morning? You want God's favor and your blessing on your life? Then take a break. Then take a break, an intentional break, a, a Sabbath break, an unwinding break, an unplugging break, a refreshing break, an intentional break to refresh for what God has for you. We're going to look at three things today, three blessings that come from the right rhythms of living after Jesus. The first one is this right here. It's called the blessing of rest. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11 says this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, or your manservant, nor your maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates, which I didn't know lived there, but anyway. For in the sixth day, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. Everybody say Sabbath this morning. Here's what it actually means. The Sabbath means to cease, to quit, to stop, and to rest. The Sabbath day is literally a rest and a reset day in your life. God says to you and me, one day a week, I want you to rest. I don't want you to produce on your job. I don't want you hustling for money one day a week. God designed us with a need for no speed one day a week. Because God may not get weary, but I do. God may not get tired, but you do. God may be able to stay up all night, but you can't. Because when we do, it affects us and everybody around us. It, does, it messes us up because we are out of rhythm with what God is trying to do. <clears throat> Exodus 31, verses 16, 17 says this. The people of Israel must keep the Sabbath day by observing it from generation to generation. This is a, a covenant obligation for all time. It's a permanent sign of my covenant with the people of Israel. It says, for in six days... The Lord made the heavens and the earth. But on the seventh day, he stopped working 
and he was refreshed. God was refreshed. The God that never gets tired, who never sleeps, never slumbers, who's on his throne and does good all the time, whose eyes never get heavy, was refreshed. It's an interesting scripture that God wanted us to understand the power of a day off every single week. For six days, God breathed out, made animals, sky, moon, sun, all these things. And he took one day and he breathed back in and he was refreshed. He paused to renew, refresh, and truly take in his creation. And he said it was good. He looked around at the sunrise and the sunsets. That's good. He looked around at the rhythm of the day and the animals that play and the trees blowing in the wind and the beauty of the mountains and the majesty of the ocean's roar. Guys, some of the problem we have is we are so busy breathing out and going and moving and working a second job and a hustle to the second job and trying to make the ends meet and up all night stressed and worried. We're breathing out, we're breathing out, we're breathing out to the point that we are out of gas. And we come to church and we're like, How's your week, man? I'm tired. Why are you tired? I've been breathing out all week. Were you going to breathe in today? No, I got this, this, this. And then next week starts. You've been breathing out so much you've not stopped to breathe in. Can I tell you something? Until you breathe in, you can't even breathe out correctly. Maybe the reason some of the things you're doing are struggling, not working, because you're trying to do something that requires oxygen with no breath, because you've not taken time to breathe in. God can do more in six than you can with seven. He's good at what he does. He paused to renew. When we fail to pause, we forget the wonder and the beauty around us. Now, you've heard the old saying, let me catch my breath. The Sabbath day is a day for you to catch your breath and be refreshed. Now, when you deny the rhythm of rest, it's going to leave you depleted and defeated every single time. I love what Jesus says about the rhythms of rest in the message translation of the Bible. Let's read it together this morning in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. He says this, are you tired? Yes, Lord. Worn out? Come on, Jesus. Burned out on religion? You know I am. He says, well, come to me. Get away with me. You're going to recover your life because you've been breathing out too much. I'm going to show you how to take a real rest. Put your phone down. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it because I've seen how you do it. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. He says, I won't lay anything too heavy on you or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and rightly. He never says you won't be working. He never says you won't have stress and trials and tribulations. He, he didn't say any of that. He just said, I've seen what you're doing, and I've seen what you're getting. But maybe there's a better way. Maybe if you stop striving and start surrendering, if you, stop, if you stop grinding and start giving, if you stop exhausting and start worshiping, I can show you a new way to get better results with less, less, less. God wants us to understand that he has a plan for us and it's better than ours this morning. Our current society right now, though, works hard to avoid the rhythms of rest. You know how I know that? Open, 24 hours, seven days a week. That sounds restful. We have worldwide awareness on our phones that alerts us when something goes wrong in the country. We can't change nothing about it anyway. Then we're up all night worrying about someplace we can't even change anyway. That's hard to rest. Then we got social media, which pulls us all the time and actually makes us feel like we should do more, right? Instagram leaves us comparing. Facebook leaves us scrolling. 
TikTok keeps us dancing. Snap keeps us posing and be real keeps us random. We have designed a world that ignores the laws of limits and we say, God, we're tired. God goes, I know, I'm tired watching you. I'm, I'm tired. I don't get tired, but watching you, I'm tired. Because he knows that we're ignoring the laws he put in motion to refresh. It's like trying to drive your car. All these engine lights are coming on. You keep putting pictures of kids over them. <laughs> All the lights are on. You're thinking, man, my car is acting funny. You're on the interstate and your little four-cylinder doing 120 miles an hour and the car goes out and you kick the car. Like, why'd you break down? The car's going, why'd you ignore the warnings that I was burning out? We're the same way. God gives us warning signs in our life all the time saying, hey, your mind ain't right. Ooh, your sleep ain't good. Man, your nerves ain't good. Now you're shaking some. Man, you can't get rest. He say, hey, warning lights, warning lights. Your rhythm is wrong and your car is about to break down. You better ignore, you better not ignore those lights. You need a refill, you need an oil change. Been six years. <laughs> Y'all need some new wiper blades. You ain't seeing good. I mean, God's trying to tell us, like, hey. And we come to God, like, oh, God, fix me. He's like, go to bed. Take a rest. Put your phone down. Talk to me. I got better things to say anyway. I'm not trying to meddle. I'm trying to tell you God wants to speak to you. We just have to listen. I don't think God's ever not talking. We just sometimes can't hear him very well. Hmm. We'll move on from there. Anyway, here's a secret about the Sabbath. Can I tell you something? If you don't select the Sabbath, the Sabbath is going to select you. Let me explain that again. If you don't select a Sabbath, the Sabbath is going to select you. Let me explain that to you. If you keep ignoring the Sabbath and keep pushing at a frantic pace and going in seven days, and eventually your body and your mind are going to say, time out, Sabbath time. And you ain't going to like what happens. You ain't going to like what happens. I've personally been there. Panic attacks, losing weight, can't sleep. Woo, anxiety, high, stress. No fun to be around kids. Say, mom, you're like, what? What your body's telling you is the rhythm you're in is not sustainable. You're not going to make it this way. Ooh, that's not good. So you need to select a Sabbath so the Sabbath doesn't select you. Number two this morning is the blessing of priorities. Exodus chapter 20, verses 9 and 10 says this. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. When you understand who and what is most important, you have identified your priorities. You have to know the who and what before you know the when and the why. You have to know these things. If we don't know our priorities, then we will live by pressures. Then we carry stress into our Sabbath of all that we didn't get done because we knocked off the pressures, but the priorities are still here and they weigh heavy on us. So we have to live by our priorities and not our pressure. Now, pressures of life are part of life, but they don't have to run our life. Knowing what is most important must be in the driver's seat of your schedule so you can really take a Sabbath and take a rest. Something or someone is always going to want more of your time. That's never going to stop. But when your priorities have clarity, your answer is clear. You, it gets real easy because every yes is a no to someone or something. Because you only have so much time in a day or a week. So you have to know your priority. And once you do, it's absolutely liberating. Take a true Sabbath. Your mind needs to rest, and that means your priorities have to win your week. And number three this morning is this, the blessing of trust. Exodus 29, 10 says this, six days you shall labor and do all your work. I'm just going to read nine this morning. God says everybody needs a Sabbath day. Your children, your employees, your co-workers, 
need a Sabbath day every single week. But some of us are like, but God, I got so much to get done. And God's like, I know. I'm going to help. Take a Sabbath. But it's just a season that's lasted for three years. Right? It's just this week that looks a lot like your previous weeks. Right? We have a big deadline. There is always going to be another big deadline. There's always going to be something in my life and yours saying, give me more, 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 right? Everybody say amen this morning. There's always something wanting more. But can I tell you something? When we live that way, we become less, 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 less available to our families and to our wives and our kids, less present in the moment, less fun to be around, less available for kingdom impact. Because every time we give more, something has to get less. So our priorities have to win. We must trust God and hear the rhythms of rest more than we trust ourselves and our ability to work. Psalm chapter 20, verse 7 says this. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And they think, I ain't got no chariots and horses, but you sure do trust your abilities, your talents, and your treasures. We do, right? It's easy to trust in chariots and horses more than we trust in God, like our job, our bank account, our intellect, or our talent, our logic, and our ideas. But here's the deal. When we trust chariots and horses more than God on the Sabbath day, we go to work anyway. We answer work emails. We take work phone calls. We send work text messages. We scroll social media to see what everyone else is doing anyways. The Sabbath, I want you to get this today. The Sabbath isn't just a day we take, but it's one that we take in. We don't just take it. We take it in. Because if you're on your Sabbath but still here, still here, still here, you're not really on a Sabbath you haven't unplugged, and you can't get refreshed if you're still plugged in. You have to be willing to say, God, I trust you. Ah, I trust you. I want to check that. I trust you. Just one more call. I trust you. Man, just one quick email. I trust you. But if I sent that to I trust you. Because God can do in six more than you can do in seven. Remember, God puts a blessing on the Sabbath day. God will make up the difference if you choose to trust him. I want to help you this morning, though, because my goal today is not to make you feel condemned or convicted. I, I want to see you walking healthy. I want to see you finish your race. I want to see you set up to win. I want to see you experiencing the joy. I want to see you able to worship with no restraint. I want to see you full of God's presence in his rhythm. But you got to understand these quick three things. One, this right here. Here's some practical application on the Sabbath day. One, avoid legalism, right? Avoid legalism. Some people get so caught up in the Sabbath, they end up in legalism, right? God didn't intend the Sabbath to be a burden but a blessing. He didn't create to limit us but to liberate us. Now, by the time Jesus arrived, they had taken the whole rule of remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy and put 16,000 other things on it. Here's what Matthew chapter 12, verse 9 through 14 says. It says, going on from that place, Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Now, Jesus was asking them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? He says, therefore, it is lawful to do good. Everybody say do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other but the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Jesus was teaching us not to be religious, but to have rhythm on the Sabbath. It's okay to heal people, serve people, 
bless people, encourage people. Mark 2, 27 says this. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Please avoid legalism. Some people ask questions like, do I have to take my Sabbath on a Saturday or a Sunday? No, take it any day of the week that works for you. Avoid legalism. Well, I can't help my kids with homework because it's a Sabbath. No, you better help them. I've seen their algebra grade. <laughs> Please, Lord, avoid legalism for your kids' sake, okay? Well, I can't cook dinner because it's a Sabbath. Avoid legalism or fast. I mean, this is, that's your options on that right there. I can't mow the grass or clean my flower beds or go golfing, fishing, shopping. I can't serve people. I can't return the text. Avoid legalism. It's the principle. It's the principle. It's the principle. The goal of the Sabbath is for you to do the best you can to avoid dialing into your job, not helping and blessing others. Amen? Number two is this right here. Be intentional. Proverbs 21.5 says this. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Puts you further behind. It takes being intentional. I'm going to give you three quick thoughts on this. One, be intentional about the Sabbath on your calendar. What gets on the calendar gets into your life. Put it on the calendar, schedule it, block it off. If you have to give your wife your phone, give your wife your phone. Whatever you got to do. Because for me, there's times I have to do that. Like, baby, take my phone. Why? Because I'm about to check it. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to start dialing back in. Be intentional. Number two, guard the Sabbath day or else you're never going to take it. The third one is being too about doing something that refreshes you and replenishes you. My wife likes to go to these gardening stores and likes to be out in the yard doing all the yard work and all that. That is not a Sabbath. That is a bad day to me. That is not how I refresh, right? My wife's like, I feel so replenished. I'm like, girl, I feel dirty. Like, I feel gross. This is not me. So I'll let her go play in the yard. You give me a fishing pole or a golf cart. You give me a gym to work out. You give me, you give me something that's refreshing for, for me. So find what refreshes you and plug into that for that day because it's going to recharge you to get back into your day. Some things just don't refresh me. And the last one is this. Remember the Lord. Let's look back at the Ten Commandments to see something that's special about the Sabbath day. The Word of God says, the Sabbath day is to the Lord your God. Remember the Lord. I say, remember the Lord. That's the real win of this day. Enjoy it. Take it in. But it's all to him. You play hard because he gifted you with that. You do all these things because on that day, God says, I want to see you be you. Be you. Be the best version of you. If you like to rap, you rap. Whatever it is you do on that day, on the Sabbath day, unplug. Pull back and do it to the best of your ability. Exodus 20.10 says this, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Exodus 16.25, Moses said, for today is the Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. Deuteronomy 5.14 says, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. Hear me this morning. If we're not careful, we forget the Lord and find ourselves worshiping our work, working at our play, and playing at our worship. Remember the Lord. Leviticus 19.30 says, Keep my Sabbath days of rest and show reverence toward my sanctuary. I am the Lord. One of the best ways that we can remember the Lord is by making worshiping church a priority because we're stronger together. We get better together. We get refreshed together. When God's presence shows up and his power shows up, big things become small things. Healing becomes something that happens and refreshing becomes the normal experience because he's in the house. Luke 4, 16 says this. I want you to get this. When Jesus came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Everybody say as usual. And he stood up to read the scriptures. On the Sabbath day, Jesus went to church as 
usual. He went with his church family as usual. He read the scriptures as usual. He worshiped as usual, spent time in prayer as usual. Church family, Jesus had some as usuals that were predictable because they gave life to him. This morning, we need to be a church family full of as usual. People church, let's worship the Lord as usual. Let's honor the Lord as usual. Let's magnify the Lord as usual. Let's bless the Lord as usual. Let's give God everything we have as usual. Because hear me, when we give God our usual praise, God does unusual things in our lives. So if you're sick, give God some usual praise. You need a job, give God some usual praise. You need a healing this morning, give God some usual praise. I don't know what you're facing, but as usual, we need to lift our hands this morning and say, God, I can't fix it, I can't face it, I can't conquer it, but you can, but you can. God does unusual things in our midst when we give him usual things. Need a new job? Give him usual praise. A healing, breakthrough, miracle, I don't care. Give it up, go up. When you're horizontal, it doesn't make sense, go vertical. Go vertical. 